Sometimes she holds a fingertip to the glass, sometimes a palm. Once her tongue that had touched Philip's tongue, a vascular network formed by the transfusion of blood from liquid body to vitreous solid. Grace touches. Glass shatters. She bleeds. It bleeds. Whispering, whispering glass. That was just a little teaser from this week's episode, To the Touch, which airs Wednesday, August 31st, and stars Chad Morgan and Rory Booth. Since everyone loved my last conversation with Annie Weaver, I asked her to come back to talk about last week's episode, Little Bird. You already got one bonus episode with my conversation with Lily Sanders. This one is a little bit different and is strictly from a reader's point of view. Enjoy. I assumed that those kids were in a survivalist camp in a bunker. When I reread, now I'm not sure, and this may not matter. Are they on a military base or because it's an unused bunker? And why would not why would someone not have found them by then if it's a military base? So but there's more than one bunker. In the world of my story, <laughs> um, there exists a an army base on which there were these, you know, uh, early Cold War bunkers that have since been decommissioned and just left derelict. And so, therefore, these kids, being kids found one that they that suited them and you know from from the story it seems to be a non-issue like they're down there i just i i i think that i just took for granted they got permission they took over this thing their fathers or mothers or whoever were like yeah Oh, go go play in that nobody else is using it and so i thought maybe it doesn't matter but if it's on a military base, that changes the father's behavior. I mean, it doesn't make him a good person, but it's a little more understandable why he's still saying these things. He's still living in that world. He is a man who really thinks that he has his daughter's best interest in mind, that he is preparing her for a harsh world in which she is going to have to um, protect herself from things that he has already seen, although he was on the, I want to call it the predator side. Um, But, you know, let's say that she becomes a soldier and she goes to, 
fight in a war, and she is captured. She has already had more training than any other soldier in how to deal with advanced interrogation, with torture, and could possibly, <laughs> I don't know what doing well means, but, you know, survive in that, in that scenario. And she is a failure at interpersonal relationships. She is not prepared to be an empathetic, loving human being. But boy, she's going to knock it out of the park if she ever gets captured. When I read it the first time, I believe I thought they were younger than they actually are. How like they're in they're in eighth grade, so they're thirteen, Se- seventh or eighth grade. I can't remember now that I say that seventh but. or eighth grade, because I, I thought they were twelve. Yeah. Uh, and then that interested me because the narrator is talking a year later, and I can't help but wonder because she I, says it's last not a year summer. later. In the short story, it says last summer. In the podcast, it says that summer. <gasps> okay. And which is why I hired an adult. I I wanted there to be more distance. Having some experience recently with a 14-year-old girl, I'm not sure she could have quite that perspective by the time she went to eighth grade. I like that you hired an adult narrator because it would take some perspective and it makes it more fascinating to think what kind of life experience the narrator might have had between that summer and now when sure. she's retelling this. Yeah, it changes what the story What does a she lot. see about what happened? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I was interested. The mother is never mentioned that I can find. We don't know anything about the mother, do we? No, it's kind of like a Disney movie. (laughs) Yeah. Mom's somewhere. But there is so much written about the father-son relationship. Mother-daughter relationships don't get written about because most women are not working that out later. They work it out with their mothers when they hit 18 and realize their mothers were pretty much right. And then they talk about it and go on. But there's out there. I can only think of one or two like literary stories about a father daughter relationship. And it, it, and if the mother is not there, it changes the influence the father has. And she never mentions having brothers Right. So here's one for you. Sir really should be a woman. It would change the entire story if Sir were a woman. And I'm not sure what I would do with that. Uh, This is like, well, he's a man and he's been trained. He can't help it. And not that women can't be trained too, but it would be a whole different story. Why did you mean, what did you mean by sir should be a woman? Why? I think that especially today that 
a woman would be more likely to try to protect her daughter by teaching her the things that she learned in a man's world of the military um, so that her daughter could be strong in the way that she feels strong as opposed to a man raising a daughter on his own just doing what's expected of a, of a man to be like, you know, be tough, be, you know, whatever. Like, he's replacing whatever son he didn't have with this kid. And so I, I just, I feel like the 2022 version of this, sir, is a woman. I'll have to give that one some thought because that certainly changes many things I think about the story. Hmm. Interesting. I, at some point, when I was trying, because you and I know, the listeners don't know this, but I can't remember anyone's name in real life or in books most of the time. So I looked up to make sure I could have a coherent conversation using names. The narrator is never given a name. I never hear anyone call her by name or did I miss it? She doesn't have a name, does she? Her name is Soldier. And her namelessness interests me. Her namelessness means that could be anybody. It, it, it removes you once removed from who this person is. You know who the person is years later, but it's once removed. So now it's much easier to slip yourself in there. Oh, than it would be if her name were Susie or something. I intended that to be her given name. I took it as that's how her father addressed her to make sure she never forgot who she was going to be. I mean, you know, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm not the reader here, so they could, you know, you can take it however you want, whether it's she has no name and just has this uh, title. But I got to say, uh, I wrote it with the intent that that was her name, that that on her birth certificate, her name is Soldier. Which is sad. So much about this story is sad. I mean, do you have to torture people to grow up to be a strong woman? And I didn't think of it so much as a. I thought of this story more in terms of nature versus nurture. And just had a conversation with a former student who's about to take a course in human, I think it's called human genetics. And we were talking about, okay, so nature versus nurture. And there are places in the story, and I'll give you an example, that give me hope. That, that somewhere in her nature, nature is going to win, that maybe she got somewhere down the line of her family a kindness because, and there are two or three examples of this, but 
after they have their clothes off and Eddie starts to cover himself, she reaches over and gets his hand so he can't to help him withstand everything. And she says, I know what Sir would say about that, but I did it anyway. There And there are other places, but I thought, I need one example where she says, but I did it anyway. Yeah, And, and I found that one. In listening to it, I didn't think about those things, but I loved the ending because it, it's that nature versus nurture. Okay, I have a choice. I'm not doomed, and I choose to keep Eddie in my life. And her father says, he calls him a loser, and she says, but he's loyal. She already knows the language to use with her father to get to do what she wants. And so it's like, you taught me people needed to be loyal. I'll teach him to be a good soldier. But I don't believe that's why he's in her life. I think she has compassion for him, which might keep her from turning out like her father. I don't think you have to be a torturer or try to hurt everybody to be a strong woman and her father or mother, whichever the case will be later, obviously does. This character believes that you have to be that way. You know, in the scenes that we see with the father and daughter, he is showing her these photographs and he says very earnestly Although completely just off the rails wacko, if if they had their way, this would be you in these photos. And when he says that, to me, it signals that he really, truly believes that his job is to protect her and that he is teaching her how to protect herself we never see in the story him hurt her. We never see him yell at her. We, he is in every scene with the two of them. He's very positive and supportive of her. He does put her on KP duty, but I mean, what parent doesn't, I'm not, I know it sounds like I'm defending him, but I'm trying to view the story through his point of view i just don't know that in his world anyone would think he's necessarily like a bad father probably not which is a part of the culture he lives in but it's alarming because it's us and them and the first time i read this story i knew nothing about muslims and I have a very broad Muslim education from a couple of former students who still come and see me. And so the part about a Muslim and his privates and why he's embarrassed all made sense to me for the first time because one of the, the former students is very, very, very Muslim. And he has started wearing 
longer sleeves himself and longer uh, pants instead of just shorts because you cover all parts of yourself because it's appropriate. And so when I first read that, I didn't understand that, which leads me to it's again us and them. And it makes me think about the end. She never tells her father what they did or their part in it. He, and she never tells him any of that. And it gives him a great excuse to get rid of those two boys and tell her not to play with them. And so it's still us and them. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if after, after the boys left and everything, he took her for ice cream. Now, <laughs> there's something wrong with that. You can't play with them anymore, but let me reward you for, for taking a gun and holding it and making them take their pants down. I, that moment in the story will not go away for me. He's very proud of her. And is it because she did what he wanted her to do or because she was strong and took up for herself? But as if I were a parent, I would have wanted to know what made you do that? What brought that on? He never asks her. And so that's troublesome to me. And yet, She ends the story with Eddie sitting there beside her. And so, of course, Eddie wasn't there during the, the, all the parents being there together. I just, I think about that. Why didn't he ask her, what made you do that? And it didn't matter to him why she did it. That's alarming to me. I think that in the military, and my experience is very limited to movies and my older brother, um, but I think it's probably important if, if um, I don't know, in any organization, to, if you know that someone has done something that could bring shame and you can avoid knowing about the details of that then you should avoid knowing the details of that and just let it be what it is this you know some stuff happened we talked about it i sent people away let's go have ice cream i don't need to hear anymore and maybe this is a female way of looking at it but I wanted, would have wanted to know if those boys did something to her, which she started it. I realize that. But I would have wanted to know what, like, did those boys do something to you that you thought they needed to be shot? Was this curiosity? Like, should the boys be in trouble? Well, you say she started it, but she didn't start it. I mean, she was playing chess. They started defaming women and then upped the ante 
they were bullying the two of them in a way that middle school boys do. But, she, you know, and she even says this, at any time, they could have stopped the whole thing. But they wanted to see her naked. She also says, I said, she takes some blame for it because she says, I said, prove it. That's when it started. And so maybe in her mind, she thought that. It just, I know kids do crazy things, especially when they're that age. They're in a bunker by themselves. And kids shoot each other all the time playing with guns. But this seemed like more than that to me. It seemed like she believed she was in military training, which just makes me sad for someone in seventh grade. And I think as the author, I'm not sure you meant for us to see her as a sympathetic character. Um, Not that you think it's okay that her father was training her that way, but you seem much more kind about the reasons why and the outcome. She is not blameless because she does know she has a choice, but she's very, very strong training in the same way that like when a child gets into a relationship uh, with an adult, you know, they, they, their, their, their prefrontal cortex isn't developed enough to consent. And so she's this puppet still, and she struggles. I want people to empathize with the struggle inside of her, the, 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 the parts of her that, you know, that hold Eddie's hand, the parts of her that won't let Eddie look at her naked, the parts of her that at the end say he wasn't a soldier and he wasn't like me. And for that to mean... He wa- I wrote that down. He wasn't like me, which gave me great hope that she would keep someone in her life who wasn't like her. You know, we see kids growing up so fast in some ways, being exposed to things that are really dangerous for adolescents to be exposed to, whether it's pornography or drugs or violence, just the, the violence everywhere in our world. We expect them to take all of that information, all of that input, and to continue to be kids? I mean, God. And you're ever- supposed to choose your major for the rest of your life when you're a freshman in high school, and then, God forbid, you go undeclared in college. I know. You have to track yourself. What if you change your mind? You don't know anything. I didn't, for heaven's sakes. I changed my major three times because I was wrong. I found something else. It's just alarming. And spending time with that 14-year-old and watching, insisting on watching what she's watching, what is accepted behavior now, is dangerous. Here's Not just want. the violence, but all sorts of things. I want Eddie Philpot to be the hero of this story for two reasons. One, well, just his 
his bravery in the face of bullies, in the face of, of you know, his own body issues is astounding. The fact that he is that brave to go through with something, he's not her. So he hasn't been trained that her body, her body doesn't mean anything and, and yada, yada, yada. The only, uh, uh, the other, he's been picked on his whole life. Uh, or at least his whole adolescence for being fat. And and yet he does that, but that's not why he's brave. He's brave because despite the fact that she is holding a deadly weapon, he lets the other boys go. He lets them go, and then he shows back up at her house. Because he either sees in her something he'd like to get a little off for himself as in her kind of strength or because he sees her humanity and he wants to help bring it out. I mean, I never thought about this, but it took a lot more bravery for him to take off his shirt than it did for her to take off her bra. Of course. If you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, because he on a daily basis is told that he's a fat ass and her on a da- she on a daily basis is told your body doesn't matter which is great body positivity lesson from dad <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't matter don't let them that yeah. doesn't that can't matter i'm really glad that we didn't discuss that we've never actually discussed this story except for me to say how much it scared me first time I read it and how horrified I was. I'm really glad because the questions I asked, if we had discussed it before, I I view the story differently after having asked you the questions. Hmm. Because I'm coming, I'm reading it through, through a totally different lens. And I like what you're saying because it explains things about the story that I read a different way. Huh. And as always, I'll be thinking about this for a long time since we talked. If you've been loving these bonus episodes as much as I have loved talking to the people I'm interviewing, Please let us know by giving us a great rating on your preferred podcast platform. Write a nice review, share with a friend, post something wonderful on social media. As always, you can visit us online at ablindplaypodcast.com or on Instagram at Mauhouse Productions. <laughs> <laughs>